This is the Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's topic is going to be on the fundamentals of being a true Catholic. First a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, in the Immaculate Heart of Mary, in Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. Just a quick programming note. Um, 
in my last episode, when I did it, I was going to make it a episode. And I wasn't really sure how long it was going to last. And as near as I can tell, it's almost two hours long, if not a little longer. So I'm going to make it a uh, random thought. Um, I don't intend for this episode to run past an hour at most. However, should it run past an hour, I'm take this as a general principle from here forward. Um, if an episode, with whatever platform you're getting this podcast on, if the episode is longer than an hour and 15 minutes, my advice, take it for what it's worth, break it up into chunks. Break it. You're better off breaking it up into chunks and digesting it slowly than trying to take it all in at one time. So consider this not not I'm not trying to sound sinister. Consider this a heads up. There we go. Heads up. So this is definitely going to be an episode. And the topic is, is fundamentals being Catholic or true Catholic. My bad. Just the best I can say here is, um, I would prefer not to do these kind of episodes because it comes across as patronizing, um, self-satisfied, you know, arrogant or whatever adjective or prerogative you want to throw at me. I prefer not to do episodes like this, but given the fact that I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing it out of love, uh, out of love for my blessed mother and her, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, if they put something on my heart to give a talk about, I've got to do it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, we have free will. And I could probably ignore the prompting or whatever. But that wouldn't be living up to my responsibilities of trying to live my faith. So, and, and just for further clarification, I've run into, not all set of contests, I've run into a segment though who don't even un seem to understand the fundamentals of being Catholic. And, you know, once again, disclaimer, I'm not saying that every set of a contest is this way, but I am saying I've met a 
a segment of them who, judging by their actions on the internet, don't, don't seem to have a clue. So I'm not doing this out of a sense of smug satisfaction or any of that crap. Whatever garbage you want to make up to make yourself feel better because you know at the, at the end of the day there's a lot of truth here. I mean, if you will even acknowledge the truth. But... Um, I consider it one of my duties to try to make people aware, once again, free will, you got to be willing to be aware of what I'm seeing. And a quick disclaimer, once again, you know, I've already covered this, but some people have accused me of, um, my disclaimers being like some sort I'm sorry, let me backtrack. I'm not going to say they accuse me. I've been told that, you know, um, that people, you know, I'm, I'm not unfamiliar with the concept myself. You know, companies all the time are giving disclaimers. And you know the disclaimers are garbage. Um... You know, I've already covered the concept. I'm not doing this, you know. There's nothing I can be sued over. And as Spotify has already shown me, my crap can get yeeted at any time. And I'm not going to find out till I bother to go on the Spotify app. Um, when I give a disclaimer, it's for your benefit. I'm not worried. But um, the disclaimer is, is that um, these are just generalized observations. They're not directed at any one person or any particular group. Now, I've quoted a favorite podcaster who used to have to tell his listeners, this is generalized. Get over yourself. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that mean, but well I mean I've I've been accused of being mean, but when I when I quote that guy, apparently the message isn't sinking in. You know, hence my random thoughts number eight getting yeeted off a of, off of Spotify. I gave Two or three disclaimers at the very beginning of the podcast. And anybody with a brainstem could tell that the, the, the general tenor and tone was not aimed at, at secular p- p- people in particular, but was aimed at my co-religionists. They took it personally because everyone's a delicate little snowflake and... Oh, he hurt my little fifis. He hurt my little fifis. So, once again, you know, if, if you want to 
if you want to think, honestly, I don't know how you could be in the mindset of confusing my disclaimers, which are for your benefit, your actual benefit, and the disclaimers of some multi multinational conglomeration who, as far as they're concerned, you're no better than, than an ant on the ground or a roach that needs to be stepped on. <laughs> Honestly. But hey, you know, we live in a special age filled with special people. Anyhow, the reason I'm raising this issue is, you know, I, 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 I said at least about a month ago, I want to say it was longer than that. I'm, I'm not going to keep repeating the same, you know, the same concepts unless I feel it's necessary. And I'm not. So I'm not going to give the disclaimer about um, this is not everyone. If you're new to this and you're especially delicate, I mean, new to my, my podcast, obviously, and um, you know, you, you feel like this is personally directed at you, my advice is, before you spurt out like a spoiled little child, just try, if you can, if you're able, try to think this. Is this directed at me? Am I guilty of what he's talking about? Or is this just... It's just this aim. It's just are these observations that he's observed since be, you know becoming a uh, true Catholic. And here's here's a refreshing idea. If you think, well, yeah, I may be guilty of some of this stuff. Instead of pouting. And throwing a temper tantrum, here's an idea. Why don't you think, well, okay, well, what can I do? You know, I'm guilty of this stuff, and maybe I need to change. Just try that. See if it works. See if it works. Just a bit of two-cent advice. Now, to get to the topic of the matter... I see a certain segment of people who call themselves set of who, of all people, should be aware of the fundamentals of being Catholic. But given their posts, their podcasts, um, their interactions on Twitter and Facebook, um... They, they appear to be uh, uninformed on the fundamentals. Now, um, when I say fundamentals, 
I'm not talking about the dogma. I'm not talking about the doctrine. I'm not talking about canon law. I'm not talking about the spiritual life. I'm talking about basic attitudes that in order to be genuinely true Catholic should should be your your thoughts and your attitudes. These should be your baseline. You know, I mean... Unless you're in the habit of self-delusion and calling yourself something you're not. And see, this is one of the aspects I gotta laugh. Well, no, I take that back. It makes me shake my head. It really does. Because you will have said Vacantis. I mean, this is what the episode is aimed at, but, you know, Quite frankly, normies do it too. Once again, though, normies do it out of ignorance. If, you're, if, you, if you consider yourself a true Catholic, this, I should be telling you stuff that you, you already know. But they'll go on and talk about the delusion of the trans people. How these trans people are deluded. Now, they are right, you know, if... <laughs> If you've got it in your head that you were born a male, but you feel like a female and you are a female, that is definitely a delusion. I mean, biology itself, you know, if it hasn't been too corrupted already, would tell you that. But these same people who would call a trans person delusional or a homosexual um I I think the Vatican II term it's in their catechism is they call it um spiritually disordered is you know I've got many issues with the uh Vatican II sect but I think when it comes to homosexuality, the term spiritually disordered is pretty charitable. It's pretty charitable. If more people, I mean, I'm not advising becoming Vatican II sect. I'm not advising becoming heretical. I'm just advising um, being a little more charitable toward people that are in air. Yeah, go ahead and laugh, all you uh, edgy boys out there. Um, but these same people, they boldly, boldly claim, oh yeah, I'm a true Catholic, I'm a true Catholic. But they literally act like Pharisees online. Self-righteous, hypocritical, pompous, arrogant, judgmental, 
self-righteous. Now, if these people were actually living their faith, um, they'd still be wrong. But if they understood the fundamentals, and once again, I'm not talking about the doctrine, I'm not talking about the history, came along, none of that. I'm talking about your thinking and your attitudes. And I'm going to stress this. 95% of my episodes, probably more, are spiritual, about the spiritual life in general. This episode, um, indirectly, your spiritual state is going to affect your thinking and your attitudes. But um, it's what I'm going to say is this you can not have, you could never touch your rosary, you could do one prayer a day, um, go to church once a week, you know, just. Just try to do the bare minimum. These principles, you could still do them. As a matter of fact, you should do them or have them. Or, I'm sorry, fundamentals. You should you you should have these attitudes and you should you know approach it in this direction. You don't need to be a super saint to do these things. Like I said. It's the bottom line. It, it, it is literally your foundation. So, I'm going to, as briefly as I can, because I you know, tend to get a little wordy, 20 minutes in and I haven't even gotten to the meat of the matter. Number one, being a Catholic, I'm sorry, true Catholic, being a true Catholic is not a right. It's not a privilege. You are not the elect. You're not God's chosen people. Everybody is chosen. Jesus Christ himself said, many are called, few are chosen. So for those of you who like to think of yourself, kind of like the Pharisees, that you're some sort of chosen person, you can do no wrong, you know. You walk on water. Your prelates walk on water. Your priests walk on water. Wake up call. It's a privilege. God gave you, in this day and age, a singular grace. If there were people who truly wanted to find the truth but didn't have the grace to know about Sedevacantism. And through no fault of their own, never heard about it. I suspect that if they wanted to know the true truth, 
in the true path to heaven. But for whatever obstacles they faced, they didn't know about self contest, but somebody told them. And they were willing to at least find out if it was true. And they found out through their research that it was true. They would literally move heaven and earth itself, if it were possible, to become a set of a contest. But I've run under this attitude. Yeah, yeah, mommy and daddy were set of a contest. Granddaddy was set, you know. It's just meant to be. Now, You've been given a singular privilege, and that's what it is. It's a privilege. And see, here's the thing about privileges. They're not granted to you because you're a special little person and you deserve the privilege. The privilege is granted to you out of the kindness and the goodness of the person, in this case, Lord Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother decided to condescend to your dust and grant you a singular privilege. And another thing about privileges is you don't take them for granted. Now, I know in today's society where most people are catered to, pampered, and you know, just led to believe that they deserve the whole world, that that's, that's an outlandish idea. Well, what? I, I, I don't deserve to be true Catholic. I don't deserve anything. I, sh I should actually have to work to please God and His Blessed Mother and actually act like it's a privilege? Oh, that sounds outlandish. That, 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 that's a bunch of sour grapes. That, that's a bunch of nonsense. Well, don't know what to tell you. It's fact. And for those of you said Vacantis who think that I'm being an a-hole, even the most lukewarm of pre-Vatican II Catholics, the lukewarm, you know, the guys who basically parked their butt in a pew on Sunday and went about their day-to-day, -day, they understood whether they were taught or maybe they were taught, I don't know. But they understood the concept of being Catholic, true Catholic is a privilege. It's not a right. And it's not a given. And just, here's another concept I want to clue people in on. Just because you're born into set of a contism, it's not your golden ticket into uh, heaven. You know, this isn't Willy Wonka's chocolate factor. Or you got your golden ticket and you're good. Because 
once you're given the golden ticket, there's another aspect to being Catholic is a privilege. With privileges come responsibilities and duties. Now, once again, I'm, you know, I'm going to make this claim. I'm sure there were plenty of pre-Vatican II Council Catholics who were very lukewarm, who understood the concept that being a Catholic is a du- has duties and responsibilities. Now, because they were lukewarm, and, you know, people are individuals, it probably depended on the person. But at least they were aware. They were aware that not to take their religion for granted, not to think that they deserve anything, not to think that um, that they were entitled, not to think that um, you know, that just because that they were born into the Catholic Church, that that meant that if they didn't meet the responsibilities that were required of them, that they were going to somehow be saved from hell. Now, am I saying all lukewarm pre-Vatican II cat? No, everybody's an individual. As another podcaster would say, your results may vary. But I'm pretty sure the concepts themselves were still alive during the pre-Vatican II uh, Council. you got to remember, we're talking almost 70 years here. And whether people who call themselves Sedvacantists are aware of it or not, Society and culture have been on a downward spiral since the Protestant Revolt. But they wanted to divorce themselves from the thought that it wasn't just society and culture that devolved. The members of the Catholic Church, and I know that there's going to be some Butthurt individuals when I say this. That includes the priests and the clergy. I'm sorry, the priests and the prelates have devolved. But especially since Vatican II. Because the what you know the concepts i'm i'm sorry the fundamentals that i'm enumerating here if people were literally taking them to heart or at least acknowledging that well yeah this 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 is a uh, fundamental um if if they don't care about their catholicism Okay, well, 
yeah, I wouldn't expect him to act any differently. But if you acknowledge what I've enumerated, by the way, there's more to it than this, and you're still acting, you know, attitudinally and thought-wise no different than your neighbors, then what I, I'm forced to conclude is you, at your bottom heart, you don't care. You don't care. Because see, as pagan as I was when I cared about something, I, I tried as best as I could. But I cared about something. I ain't gonna lie, didn't care about much. But what I did care about, I did my best. I am seeing way too many people set of a contest, who act like, um, honestly speaking, either they're ignorant of the fundamentals that I've enumerated, or, or, they think that, well, there's three things. The first one is they're ignorant of the fundamentals. Second thing is, is they think the fundamentals don't apply to them, that somehow or another, if they got baptized and confirmed, you know, they came from outside the Catholic and, and got baptized and confirmed. Or if they were born into the uh, true Catholic Church, that that's it. Now. I've been baptized, I've been cursed, that's it, I'm good. And then the third one is, I don't care. I don't care. Because I've consumed enough sermons, including from my own priest, and I love that man, I really do. And for you edgy boys out there, not in a, a man love sort of way, but in a respectful sort of way. Because every time I listen to one of his sermons, I realize that God has, in addition to leading me to the truth, he's given me a good shepherd. But I don't think my, you know, I, I, I realize people being people, I, I, I love and respect and admire him, but he's a human being at the end of the day, just like I am. So no, if somebody were to say, well, you know, father so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And if I saw the behavior, I'd say, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't, if he did an indefensible act, I wouldn't defend it. Unlike uh, a certain segment of set of a contest who will treat a certain prelate as a unnamed pope, but I digress. Um, but the fundamentals are, and like I said, part of it is spiritual. Because 
You can't divorce the spiritual from the secular. Now, I, I realize in present era that we compartmentalize crap. It's who we are as moderns. We compartmentalize. I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm any, you know, that I'm not guilty of it to one degree or another or any of the things I talk about in this podcast, both of them. But the spiritual has an influence on the secular. Whether you choose to admit it or not, acknowledge it or not, whatever excuses you're willing to make so that you don't have to stare the truth in the face, don't have to tell you. But on its base level, you don't, you don't need to be a super spiritual person to acknowledge that being Catholic is a grace, a privilege, and that being a Catholic has duties and responsibilities that you, and by the way, read your catechism. They, they enumerate them. your duties and responsibilities. And that you should be on your knees or at least, at least, um, thanking our Lord and His Blessed Mother for making you true Catholic. But the attitude I seem to run into is the parable of the Pharisee. Thank you, God, for not making me like a prostitute and a tax collector and all the other sinners. I fast and I tithe. And I'm such a great God, God. I'm such a great guy, ain't I, God? That's the attitude. Not all, not all, but some people seem to take. I thank God, and I truly do, of the things I had to go through to get to this point, the things that I experienced, because it humbled me enough. And this was, well, yeah, it humbled me. In life, my life humbled me enough that I got to a certain age and I realized. I can't stand in judgment over anyone. I really can't. And it's not a matter of moral relativism either. Moral relativism is when you run around and say that um, without reference to God that um all religions are equal. My truth is, is as good as your truth. That's literal moral relativism. Moral relativism is not admitting or at least considering the fact that, well, maybe I'm not a prostitute. Maybe I'm not a drug dealer. Maybe I'm not a, uh, a, porno, a porno addict. Uh, 
pick your, your favorite uh, scapegoat. But in the eyes of our Lord, in the eyes of the saints, in the eyes of our mother, I'm really no better than them because I have spiritual eyes to see that even though I'm not a public sinner like they am, I'm definitely a private one. See, that's the difference. Because I think a lot of people, being the shallow thinkers that they are and lacking critical thinking skills, when I talk about I can't stand in judgment of everyone, they think of the famous imposter-in-chief, Mr. Bergoglio, who says, who am I to judge? Now, when he says, who am I to judge? And this is, you know, where using your gray, gray matter comes in. When he says, who am I to judge? He's talking about, well, even though I'm quote-unquote head of the quote-unquote Catholic Church, I can't tell a Hindu or Buddhist or a Muslim or a Jewish person that they're wrong. I can't tell a homosexual they're wrong, even though it's his job. See, there's a difference between, and, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some snarky boys. Well, he's not actually Pope. No, duh. But for billions of people, he is the Pope. And sometimes I get the impression he actually believes his own lie that he is a Pope. But a leader... I'm sorry, that's not even a leader, but a guy who's supposed to be a leader, who literally abrogates his responsibility, yeah, that guy deserves to be mocked and ridiculed mercilessly. My attitude of who, um, I'm in no position to judge, I'm hoping and I'm praying, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus, I truly am, that I, I at least getting an inkling of humility about myself. And I, I'm hoping and I'm praying that I'm, I tr well, I don't think I'm there yet. I've got a dim understanding of just what a wretched, wretched, unrepentant person I am. That's why I say I can't stand in judgment on anyone. And as a layman, it's, it's, it's not up to me. Actually, it's not even up to my bishop. My bishop can tell us what we need to know, but at the end of the day, hello, private up. Uh, private responsibility, it is up to us to live what we've been taught. I know, what a concept, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, God is the guy in charge. Now, does this mean... Because I know, I know, critical thinking skills and, um, and, uh, 
lack of presumption or in short demand nowadays that what I'm sounding like is, is like if there's a bunch of people, you know, drinking, smoking weed and cursing up a storm that I just joined them in their revelry and I act no better than they are. If you haven't understood the concept I'm getting at by now, you're blind and there's nothing outside of an intervention from our Lord and His Blessed Mother that's going to change you. Because, you know, and... You know, as I said, and see, here's the thing too. Part of being, fundamentals of being Catholic is, actually, part of the fundamentals of being a decent human being, I'm not talking about a saint. I'm not talking about, oh, I don't know, name your favorite secular who's, quote, unquote, a great person. Part of the, I'm talking about a decent person. Part of the fundamentals of being a decent person, the key fundamental in my mind is listen and hear. That doesn't, that doesn't mean when somebody's talking to you or you're listening to a podcast, giving it half an ear or listening to one episode and then going half-cocked on your blog or whatever and complaining that the person that you were listening to is a jackass. Listen and hear. Because I, I say this all the time. People listen and at best it's half a listen and they don't hear. They don't process what they're listening to. But, um, once again, you know, it's, it's part of modern day culture and society. We don't listen. We don't hear. We don't pay attention. We blame everybody else for our own faults and problems. And it's somebody else's responsibility to fix the messes that not just we made, but everybody else made. It's every, whatever convenience scapegoat, it's their fault. But one of the fundamental rights, I'm sorry, privileges, because here's another fundamental concept that nobody gets or very few people get. Once you start fulfilling your duties as a Catholic, and I'm not going to reference secular society because as far as I'm concerned, secular society is beyond redemption. Because secular society is filled with and run by people 
who don't think they need reformation, private reformation. So, until they come under the idea, or start acting like it at least, that, oh, well, maybe I should reform myself. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to take secular society seriously or treat them seriously. But one of the prince, or fundamentals, I'm sorry, fundamentals of being Catholic is when you start fulfilling your duties and your obligations as a true Catholic, and that means living what you've been taught, with that, you earn rights. See, in today's modern culture and society, you don't earn rights. Rights are just given to you, you know, like Santa Claus. Oh, here you go, little Johnny. Here's your right. Oh, here you go, little Susie. Here's your right. Oh, here you go, Grandma. Here's your right. <laughs> if you had told somebody a hundred years ago, I'm, granted, people are people. I'm sure there are people who thought that rights were given, not earned. Um, But if you told people a hundred years ago, oh, yeah, you... You don't have to earn a right. You're just granted to it by the rights fairy. Not God, not his blessed mother. You don't have to earn it. They're just going to give you rights because you're just such a special little snowflake. You're a special little guy or girl. You don't need to earn those nasty little rights. Or I'm sorry, the great rights. You don't have to earn them. You're just a special person because... Jesus loves you, and so does Mama Mary. And you can act like the spoiled, horrible little child that you are. And because they're old and senile, they're not going to expect any, you know, they're, not, they're just going to give it to you. Because they love you without expecting anything in return. Now, I will admit that concept has been hammered home by the Vatican II-Sec for the past almost 70 years. But when I, you know, once again, the Protestant concept of just because you go into the garage does not make you a car, the same thing applies to you, said Vacantis. Just because you park your butt in a pew one, you know, one Sunday a week does not make you a true Catholic. And honestly speaking, if you don't understand that you have duties as a Catholic. You have responsibilities as Catholics, true Catholics. And you have to earn the rights, and your rights come from God and His Blessed Mother. And they're not senile grandparents giving it to you because you're just so special. You have to earn them. If that concept is, you know, too harsh, too hard, well... Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. Because, see, we all die. We all die. I'm going to have to answer for myself. And if you think the concept of earning rights is just harsh and pharisaical, 
Good luck. See, I already covered the Pharisees. Jesus wasn't criticizing the Pharisees because they demanded that the law be observed. I know, I know, as moderns were taught that the Pharisees were these mean guys who, you know, um, they expected too much out of the out of the Jewish believers. No, that's not why Jesus railed on them. Jesus railed on them for being hypocrites. What he especially was railing on the Pharisees about was the fact that they were asking, or I'm sorry, they were teaching their followers things that they weren't willing to put into practice themselves. Should be a relatively simple concept to grasp. But I'm beginning to get the impression that if you're unwilling to look a simple concept and take it to its logical conclusion, then we make it more complicated than it has to be, so that way we have a convenient excuse. Oh, it's, it's too tough. It's too complicated. I can't do it. Being pharisaical means being hypocritical. It doesn't mean that you have to earn your rights and that your rights come from your blessed mother and our Lord. That's not pharisaical. That's, once again, going back to duties and responsibilities. At the end of the day, I was having a conversation with somebody and I told them, and I believe I've mentioned this several times throughout the podcast, I have a hunch, that's all it is at this point because it hasn't come true yet, that the set of accountants being minority within a minority when the great reset hits, not if, when, the, the remnant of the set of accountants are going to be whittled down to even a smaller remnant. And every time I have the misfortune of being subjected to, the, to the, either the written diarrhea or the verbal diarrhea, of the people who are actually pharisaical, I become more convinced that this is the fact. And before I get accused of being self-righteous, I just want to remind you, not more than 10 minutes ago, I realized what a contemptible scumbag I am. However, I'm not living, not intentionally at least, the same way I was a couple years ago. And then telling everybody what a scumbag they are. 
Now I'm willing to bet, just willing to bet a five spot that 90% of the self-righteous Pharisees masquerading as Sedvacantis online, and once again, not every Sedvacantis, I'm just talking, there's a particular segment, 90% of those Pharisees, and they know who they are, okay, like I said, Maybe they're not consuming pornography. Maybe they don't get drunk. Blah, 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 blah. Private sins. And, and that's the thing about human nature. It's very easy to feel contemptible for the public sinner, like the tax collector, the prostitute, the drunk, the homeless person. Because they're public. And honestly, I'm just going to put this out here. I have more respect for an honest person who knows that they're sinful and admits it than somebody who pretends to be so holy and righteous and refuses to look the fact, and it is a fact, square in the eye of their own private sinfulness. Mainly because I've been that public sinner. I've been that loser. I've been that reject. And I still am as far as the majority of humanity is concerned. One of the nice things. No, I take that back. It's not just a nice thing. This is the most blessed graces outside of getting to heaven that I, you know, I mean, if I'm blessed to get there, because I'm not presumptuous. But one of the most blessed things the Lord and our Blessed Mother gave me, or have, have given me, is the fact that I know as long as I'm doing the best that I can, I don't give a big fat rat's eyeball of the entirety of the set of a conscious movement shows up to my door sometime in the future and tells me what a wretched scumbag I am. Because here's, here's the kicker. Those people don't know me. And even if, heaven forbid, any set of a conscious should come across this and come to my door if they found out where I lived and tell me I'm a self-righteous scumbag. It wouldn't bother me because at the end of the day, the only two people who know me better than I own, than I know myself are our Lord and his blessed mother. So therefore, I don't care. And I don't literally care. The only two, well, my top priority is our Lord Jesus, his blessed mother, and then the heavenly kingdom and the saints. Those are the only people who care. I'm sorry, that I care about. I'm not trying to say that, you know, I don't want other people to get to heaven. That, you know, I'm not that hypocrite. I do. But all I can do is try to point people in the right direction. Once again, private responsibility. It's up to you. 
I don't, I don't like the way you're talking. You're too sharp. You're too harsh. <sighs> okay, well, here's, I've said this in a previous episode. You don't like my approach. Wonderful. Wonderful. Guess what? Guess what? There are other set of contests out there that you could listen to. Here's the thing, though. Instead of half listening, i.e. the sermons that are on YouTube, hundreds of them by this point, instead of half listening to them, here's the concept. How about giving what little of your short attention span you have to actually trying to consume what the priests and prelates are talking about? I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. Or, or, you know, um, if those of you who are too allergic to reading, I don't know. They have saints books on tape. I know. I've listened to a few of them. How about listening to some of those? And... If, if you have, you know, a 30-minute uh, attention span, listen to it in 30-minute chunks. Just a thought. But the bottom line is, the bottom line, when I talk about the fundamentals of being Catholic, true Catholic, God don't owe you squat. What he gives you are gifts that he gives out of his condescension to you, out of love. You are not entitled to anything. And I'm going to close out with this thought. Looks like I'm going to be under 60 minutes or close to it. Until, Until you lose this... Self-entitled attitude. And that's what it is. And I'm talking about Sedvacantis. Now, are all Sedvacantis have an um, uh, entitled attitude? No, of course not. People are individuals. But a lot of the people I'm seeing online have that attitude. Till you lose it, you may lose something. You know, heaven forbid, I wouldn't wish this on anyone because Lord knows I don't want it to happen to me. But if you don't lose the self-entitled attitude, you may lose something more than your self-entitled attitude. That's called God's love. Because in case you haven't heard the news, I know Bishop Sanborn and his priests teach about it. The concept of hell, in addition to the physical sufferings, because you do go to hell with your body, so there are physical sufferings, but the main pain of hell, outside of the worms eating you, the incessant fire that's hotter than anyone's ever experienced on earth, is the withdrawal of God's love. To close out, oh, and in case I haven't made this clear, the withdrawal of God's love 
because we were meant to be united with him. We were meant to be united with him when we're withdrawn from him. Because, as I said previously, everything we go through in life, I don't care how horrendous it is, it's God loves that gives us hope for another day. There's a reason why in Dante's Inferno, there's a a literal sign over the gate of hell that says, abandon all hope, all ye who enter here. Because it's God's love that gives us hope. And guess what? You go to hell, he literally withdraws the love. The love that's been sustaining you while on earth. And see, a lot of people don't get the concept that if God, for whatever reason, our Lord Jesus, decided, you know what, I'm really sick and tired of humankind. I'm just, I'm going to withdraw my love. I'm just, I'm going to withdraw my love. Just for a second. No, let's make it more than a second. Because in order for this scenario to work, it's got to be long. For a minute. Just for a minute. Withdraw that love. Most of the world's population would commit suicide on the spot. Most of them. Because it's only God's love that keeps us going. without committing suicide. And the ones who didn't commit suicide might die a physical death because, once again, it's God's love that keeps us alive. But before I close out, I'm kind of debating, I think I'm going to do this. There's been an instant, an instance, I should say, since I started getting serious about my Catholicism. And I've heard, I've heard, um, I haven't run across any, um, Uh, any writings about this phenomena, but I've heard through the writings of saints that sometimes God, to show a particular saint, and I'm not claiming any, any sanctity or any of that, I'm just saying I've heard that sometimes God, to show that particular saint, that they are totally dependent upon him personally, will withdraw his presence. Now, because God deals with us as individuals, I'm sure it depended on the person, the saint in question. The reason I'm saying this is, there there was a brief period where I literally felt God's presence leave me. Now, I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm pretty sure at the time, 
that I didn't compl- I didn't do a, a blatant mortal sin, but there was there was definitely some mortal sin going on in my heart. And I remember, and I'll never forget, because let me tell you something. I can't speak for any of you. I can only speak for myself. When I started getting serious about my Catholicism, I felt our Lord and His Blessed Mother in me. In me. And without them in me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd be back to where I was. But um, for, for, for a brief period of time, I felt the Lord's presence lead me. And it wasn't, it wasn't over a protracted period of time. I forget which saint it is. It's in one of my rosary booklets. But he says, he was talking about how Mother Mary and St. Joseph, when they were taking Jesus to the town, um, when they were bringing him back to uh, uh, Nazareth, and he went back to the temple and he didn't tell them. And for three days they looked for him frantically. And this, this saint made this observation. He says, so sweet is to the Lord, to those who taste him, who feel his presence, that even the briefest absence is the source of the deepest pain. I can personally attest to that. I have been through instances that I would not I would not wish on my worst enemy. I have. But the pain that I felt when that when his presence was withdrawn from me. I'm going to I'm going to flat out be honest. I don't ever ever in this lifetime want to have that pain again. Because you know, I'm not claiming to have the hardest life, but the pain I felt when our Lord withdrew his presence to send a point to me, and quite frankly, I need it because I'm a thickhead, was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my entire life. And if it is ever within my power, to avoid that kind of pain again. And see, I think when he did that, he was showing me just a taste of what would happen if I'm ever, if I'm ever disobedient enough to willingly go to hell. He was just giving me a taste. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, John. This is... I'm going to give you a taste. This is a brief time. Now imagine this for eternity. And like I said, 
Um, I, I, I deserved it. I, I deserved worse, actually, honestly. But after that, after that passed, I became bound and determined. This, I don't. I mean, if it's the Lord's will that He has to do it to me again, I can't stop it. I just know. I don't want to go through it again if I can avoid it. So I'm doing what I can to avoid it. it. This did run slightly long, but not as long as the last episode. So, um, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, you know, um, I do pray for everyone and I would like to see as many people get to heaven. Don't, don't expect, don't presume upon our Lord and our Lady that they're going to rescue you. They may, but there's a reason why the sin of presumption is listed as a sin. You have free will. You have the grace. You've been given free will to accept the graces that you're given. I hope and pray that you recognize those graces when they're given. Thank you for listening. God bless you. I mean that. God bless you. Everyone. No exceptions. Have a good day. Bye-bye.